Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Welcome to another episode, and today I have a very special guest, a woman that I've collaborated with before, and she touches me at my soul because she's the real deal. Shannon Kayser is an inspirational author, speaker, travel writer, teacher, and life coach who left her successful career in advertising several years ago to follow her heart and be a writer. She's the best-selling author of Find Your Happy, an inspirational guide to loving life to its fullest, and a six-time contributing author to Chicken Soup for the Soul. Her work has been recognized in media outlets across the world, such as Good Morning America, Good Day New York, Australian Vogue, Health, HuffPost Live. She's also an online columnist for the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Healing Lifestyles and Spas, and The Daily Love. She lives in Portland, Oregon with her adventure buddy, her beautiful dog, Tucker. Mm. Shannon, welcome today. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you. It's so amazing to be here. It's just such a joy to connect with you because you bring so much light and love to this planet. And I feel honored that I was able to get a preview copy of your latest baby, Dean Principles for Becoming More Compassionate and Accepting of Yourself, The Self-Love Experiment. Yes. And I have to share with the women that are listening to us today that this is like a Bible on how to turn your life around and how to tap into your self-love. There is so much fabulous content, teachings, and practices in this book. And what I love about it, it's universal. You're going to share what your struggle is with the audience, but my struggle was alcohol. And I could just see over and over again how I related to your language, your pain, and your transformation. And I wanted to just read a little quote out of here, one of the ones that I just love. Great. Self-love is not a place we get to, but a place we choose. And there are so many women out there that just don't understand that. I'd love for you to kind of give us the before and after, because this is a product of the after. Yeah. <laughs> this is and 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 what you've gone through to get to here. Absolutely. So this is the self-love experiment and as you said it's it's my book baby because it's really the journey that I took to heal myself. And so in writing this book, this book saved my life. And so it means so much to me to hear you say that as as you read it too, thank you for reading the advanced copy, but it's out now. And so as you read it, you found healing too because what 
the goal is that we all have something that we don't like about ourselves or we all have habits or addictions or things that kind of pull us out from being true to ourselves. For me personally, I hated my body. For almost three decades, I suffered silently uh, with eating disorders and depression and I healed myself from depression and I was starting to be happy. I left corporate. I was in, in my 20s, I was in corporate and I left corporate and I was promoting my first book, Find Your Happy. So I, I decided I'm gonna be a writer, this is my purpose. And I was teaching other people how to be happy. And I was getting ready to go on a morning television show. And I remember very specifically, it was before I went on the show, I was in the bathroom crying, crying so much pain because I did not recognize myself. I had gained weight. I had so much shame. I had so much guilt and so much self-hate. And I said, how can you truly love yourself and um, actually, I said, how can you be happy if you don't truly love yourself? And that was a turning point for me where I said, Shannon, your full-time mission needs to be to learn how to become your own best friend. And that is where the self-love experiment started. And as a writer, I'm a writer, so I decided to write my whole process down. And, and I didn't know it was going to turn into a book. That wasn't the goal at all. It was just to heal myself and become my own best friend. So this is a very personal book, a very um, intimate look into the life of what most people don't talk about, our deepest insecurities, our deepest pain. And um, I really peel back the layers in hopes of, of healing. And I did heal myself, and it's a beautiful gift now to the world. Wow. Now, you were traveling around the world. Did you did you do a complete global or just I did I did so I, I traveled around the world so it was like I organized it where the continents kept me going around the world and that was actually at the very I had already found that was part of the self-love experiment the final part which is learning how to make your dreams come true because honoring your dreams is such an important part of self-love so that I spent six months living in six different countries and I visited nine countries over a, almost a, almost a whole year and that was a declaration. That was like the icing on the cake, the, the you know, people have honeymoons. That was my self-love honeymoon. Now, there are 15 practices in here. Yes. Tell me what your three favorite ones are. Ooh, so. I know, it's a tough uh, question. Yeah, let me, let me open the book here because there's so many good ones. And so the one that really, really resonates and I think is one of the most important is that we have to accept where we are in order, so the actual principle is accept where you are, it's a point in your journey because everything about it offers the possibility for future growth. And so the real key for me was to learn how to accept myself as I was instead of trying to change myself. I was extremely overweight at the time and I felt like you couldn't love someone, men couldn't love me, other people couldn't love me, there was something wrong with me because my body wasn't skinny and I felt such shame that it was always me trying to change myself to fit in or to feel like I could be happy. But once I started my experiment, I went into a place of really learning how to accept where I am, overweight, cellulite, body and all, and in that space, miracles could happen. In that space, love was invited in because before I always tried to change myself, hating myself, like, you know. But before, it was a lot of pain. After, it was about love. And from that place, you can make smarter choices, healthier choices, and there's no more of this guilt that you're carrying around. The guilt and the shame that we carry as women, and sadly, we manifest so much of that in ourselves for, 
for no real reason. It's it's all our own perceptions. It's it's really not what other people are projecting. It's what we take on ourselves. And you know, you said it was about being overweight. For me, I was too skinny. Mm-hmm. I was you know almost six feet tall and weighed like a hundred and three pounds. I, you know, and so I felt like a freak because I was so tall and so thin. Mm-hmm. And then of course people you know were cruel and gave me some nicknames that. Um, yeah, you know, people malnutrition are and malfunction, which yeah. you know only made me feel, you know, just that much worse about myself. So, oh, I so get that, just that awful, awful pain. And I think of that. I'm glad you brought that up because the truth is, I I learned that we all have something about ourselves that makes us feel like maybe we don't fit in, whether it's society or people telling us we don't. But the the goal and really what the self-love experiment was for me and the gift it offers is to know that you belong. And so I feel like, as you said, and the reason I believe you related to the content so much is because there's a part of us in our life that felt like, wow, is something's wrong with me. Like something, I don't feel like I fit in, but you do. And that's really the magic of it. And so um, another one that another, since we're talking about the three principles that really are possibly my favorite, and another one I love is to focus really on that things don't happen to you, they happen for you. This was a miraculous change for me too, right? Because I, for so many years, was like, oh, you know, overweightness runs in my family, my mom's side of the family, and I'm doomed to be fat no matter what I eat. It was always about blaming, and, and I felt like no matter what I did, it was always the fault and the world was just happening to me. And I wasn't being accountable. I was being a victim of the situations and I was letting the harassment of life take me down. It was once I realized what if all of this is happening, what if this is divinely placed in my life to really help me learn more about me, to grow, to help me become stronger. And that's what we can offer to anyone really here with us is that all of the pain that is in your life has a purpose, and this is a whole section in the book. And this purpose, we may not know while we're in it, but what we can do is allow ourselves to be present with it and ask, what are you here to teach me? And that's what I did with my body. And it said so many things as I listed out in that section of the book, but one of the main things was, I asked my overweight stomach, I rubbed it and said, I don't understand why I can't, why you're here, you drive me nuts. What are you here for? What can I learn? And it said, I'm here to teach you that you're lovable no matter what. And that was profound. And oh, I, I so identify with that, that all these experiences that we have that happened really for us while we're in this classroom on this planet. This exactly. this life experience is a classroom. That's all it is. Like, yeah, it's hardcore. <laughs> and so if we can understand the experiences that they are to help us to grow, for our soul to expand, to teach us to step up and be who we're meant to be. It's We're not being punished. Yes. These things aren't happening because we haven't been good or we're not deserving. It's life. Yeah. And if you can find the nugget, which took me a long time to understand this after going through a lot of sadness, a lot of challenge, a lot of chaos and trauma, I understood that they were lessons and then I could start to put the pieces together and I realized I had gone through all these things so that I could help other women who were going through these things, who were still stuck in that awful pain. I had gotten on the other side of it, just like you have. 
You have yeah. found your love and your purpose, and now you're here to serve others. And if more women could just understand that, these are lessons. They're here to teach us something. Yeah, and I think that's so key. It's about the blessing in the lesson and really being aware and not being so hard on yourself. I think I talk a lot about self-compassion in the book as well because that's a key point to really moving to self-love because I don't think we wake up and all of a sudden we're like, I love myself. It takes a long time to really allow yourself to peel back the limiting beliefs and the layers and we feel like maybe we're off track or you know all of what you share. So I think it really is about being kind and compassionate to yourself and seeing that what if everything in your life is there by design to help you personally. And therefore, that's a much more empowering place to make choices and move forward. And um, the third, you asked what my three favorite principles are. The, the final one I'll share, I love this one, is that self-love is not about how you look, but it's about how you live. For so long, I thought I can't love myself or I'm unworthy of love because I of my body or I don't have this type of point, I'm not at this point in my career, or I don't have more money, or it was always waiting for something. And what I recognized is self-love is about how you are in life. It's just about who you are. And I share in the book as well, you know when someone loves yourself because it's almost like they light up the room and they don't talk about it, they're not boisterous, and they're not selfish and egotistical because that's not, that's not self-love. That's usually a need for more love. So really self-love is just about being, and all of us have it within us. It's about being who we truly are. I love the way you describe it as like a light. And yeah. you can see that in a woman when she walks into a room, if she has that self-love and self-confidence. I tell women that all the time. I said, you know what? Men love to see women who love themselves. You yeah. have a light, you have an aura that when you walk into a room, touches everybody in that room and it's not in an arrogant way as, as you pointed out but it's just in such a beautiful loving way that yeah. people can sense oh wow is she look at her she's awesome yeah, yeah. i want to be around that person more i don't know what it is but i feel good around them and that's kind of what happens so really i truly believe that the most responsible thing we can do and the best way to actually impact and help change the world is to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because when you love yourself, you actually take better care of yourself and those around you. And then this is a key point in my own journey. When I recognized a few months into the self-love experiment, I was like, wow, if I can really learn how to love myself, that's one less person hurting on the planet. And there's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of things that are going on. So I can do my part by raising the vibration of having one less person who hates herself. And that became like motivation to keep going. Oh, it's like throwing a pebble in a pond. The ripples just keep going and going yes. and going. Yeah. Um, let me go here. There's a couple of other yummy little tidbits that I loved here. This I thought was just mm. negative thoughts about ourselves are like naughty children who intentionally cause problems because they want attention and need some love. These thoughts can call can cause all sorts of negative feelings. I thought that was brilliant. A way to describe when we have these just horrible thoughts about ourselves that they are naughty children yeah and and honestly i did that on purpose because i believe that a lot of the insecurities start in childhood and there's a wounded part of us that still is looking to be healed and they do act out and that 
the thing is, most of the self-love experiment is there's a couple themes that present itself, but most of it is about learning how to retrain our brain to not be so hard on yourself. And it does start with how we talk about ourselves really matters. And when you can look at the mean things you say to yourself um, and see that they're not really the truth, they might just be your ego and the fear acting up and really ego and fear acts up because it's terrified. So you actually send more love to it and calm it down. Women, I think, can be their own worst enemies with their yeah. thoughts, with their judgments. Totally agree. We are so hard on ourselves and it's, it's all perception. And I think, as you mentioned, those perceptions, some of them are built through our childhood and they stay with us. You know, things are said to us, they're not meant to be harmful, but we grab onto that and we make it our truth. And then we carry that on through life and it impacts everything we do or every relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and so treating it like it's just a child that's misbehaving and acting out, we can just reframe that. We can nurture that that little child and say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, hang yeah, on here. That's not necessary. We right. don't need to do that anymore. I've yeah. got this. I'm a big grown-up girl and I know what I'm doing. And this yes, is okay. <laughs> and you know what it becomes? It's really about, because that lashing out and that fear voice that says, oh, I messed up, I'm off track, I'm not good, will my dreams ever come true? That's up here. It is a fear for, in the ego, it's in the brain. But this whole book is also about learning how to really live from your heart. And so what happens is when you start to make more of the self-love practice kind of a priority, your heart starts to train your brain and it's almost like the heart adult nurturing part of you, just like you said, kind of reaches into that child who's scared and just says, hey, come on along, guess what? It's actually not so bad over here. It's really loving and kind and then it can kind of calm down and you recognize the inner critic, it, it doesn't need to act out because it feels safe. Now, I love that you have gotten past that mentality of I have to diet, I have to be thinner, I have to do this, I have to do that. Because that is the that is such the ongoing struggle for women, and I see it every day. I meet somebody who yes. uh, is overweight and they're condemning themselves and they're in a constant struggle with going to uh, OA or Weight Watchers or trying to eat the right products. How did you release all that pent-up mm -hmm. demand on yourself yeah and pent up to, to try to correct something yeah pent-up demand is the best way and i did OA, and i did weight watchers and i did all and every diet in the world and i put it into a bucket called the experiment <laughs> and what i really recognized is that my turning point for me was to get clear about what and who i want to be and I don't wanna waste time with negative thoughts. That was a promise I made to myself. So that meant whatever choice I made, I needed to allow myself to do it with more love and compassion. And so what the beautiful thing is, is once you arrive into a place of loving yourself, the choices to really align, the, the right choices will align with you. So for, for example, before I would go to OA or Weight Watchers and I would just beat myself up. I have to lose weight and that number on the scale dictated everything throughout the day. I would be at dinner with friends and I couldn't focus on the conversation because I was calorie counting. I was like, one more bite puts me over, crap, I'm gonna have to work out longer. And that was just part of the eating disorder but a toxic way to live my life. 
the real turning point in how I released it was by allowing myself to really get clear about who I am. And I'm a girl who likes ice cream. And I'm a girl who, I always take care of myself. I love exercising, so that's never it. It was just really being aware of my habits. And what happened is when I started to discover self-love and really feel it, allow it to come forth, I started to recognize that I don't need to eat a whole bowl of ice cream, a couple bites, and I'm super satisfied. And um, you know, some days I'll have a bowl of ice cream, some days, but most days it's like it doesn't even resonate because I'm so happy eating my healthy foods. So it became about a more balanced way to live and no more shame, no more guilt, just enjoying being in the process. And a key thing to this is joy. I really allowed joy into the, uh, my life and the experiment. And so if it brought me joy, I would enjoy it. And if we're honest with ourselves, overindulging and stuffing our face, it doesn't bring us joy. And that's covering up an emotional thing that needs to be healed. So I looked at that as well, and I share the process in the book to go deeper into what the emotional need is that we need. Beautiful, beautiful. I know we um, put such a, a, uh, a demand on ourselves to deprive. We think, well, if I deprive myself, yeah. that's going to be the solution. But the more we deprive, the more uncomfortable we get. And the more uncomfortable we get, that, that, that little ego voice just pops right back up and, and just starts that destructive chatter over yes. and over and, and over i think that's when we you know if you're in the diet cycle you fall off and then you beat yourself up and that's why diets don't last and and or if you fall you know if you stop drinking and you're right. doing well in recovery whatever the recovery is i think it's what we do as human nature so what i recognized is when we take the shame and pain and the focus on it being a problem away it can heal itself i looked for so many years at my body and my overweight and my habits of overeating as a problem. But once I said, you know what, that's not the problem, I started to focus more on living my life and solutions and it healed. My body is returning to its natural state and really everything can be in divine order. Mmm, beautiful. And hold on here, I have another yeah, one. All the sticky notes. Because there there just there's so much in here, I could have had 200 sticky notes. Yeah. I met my true self who slowly, painfully, but compassionately and divinely pieced me back together. For in me, I saw love. Love brought me back to life. That almost brings tears to my eyes because I know that. I know that path. I met my true self, and I painfully, but compassionately and divinely, I pieced myself back together. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, and it's nice how I could put it into the words there, because it is sometimes a painful process, and it is sometimes a really honest process for us to get real. So I truly believe that to go on a journey of self-love is for the courageous, but it's for all of us. It's for every woman, because we're already courageous. It's who we are. And it's for the people and all of us who know that there's more to life and we matter. And we may not know how to make that happen, but I realized that I already have it within me. There was nothing I needed to become. And that's really what the key is, is for us to allow ourselves to be who we really are. And of course that doesn't mean we don't have goals and we're growing to becoming, you know, kind of more, but it's important to really just dance in the in the process. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you like that one. Oh, that just really stirred me. 
and um, so now you're living your life you feel so good about yourself any challenges do, do things what I think I want people to understand is it's it's not like everything's perfect now every day we still have work to do you know on ourselves and and um, you know how we think and and so I wanted to share where you're at now and how you keep yourself balanced in that self-love how you That's, maintain that I love that you said that and the keyword is balance so part of the self-love experiment was learning what really really resonates with me and what I value and what I know to be true is that I absolutely I'm a creator I love to create and so one way that I create is writing so writing for me is healing so I make a practice to write as often as I can and then also to go inward, whether it's in nature, meditation, taking a hot bath, taking me time, sanctuary time. So when I'm doing those two things, I know that I am in perfect balance. And I encourage everyone to find what you value and really aligning to balance. But that doesn't mean, and I talk about this in the book at the very end too, self-love is not some destination. It's not like, I got there. It's your forever life. And it's forever realigning with your heart and actually a story to demonstrate just a couple weeks before my book tour for the self-love experiment, I started to feel a lot of doubt. Self-doubt is a big part of lack of self-love. And I was like, I, I, I love myself. I didn't understand. It's been many years since I felt this. But it was such extreme doubt that I was planning and thinking, actually, of canceling some of the events. I had radio interviews, and I was just overwhelmed with anxiety. And so I decided, well, what do I value? Oh, yeah, going in nature. Am I creating? Not really. So I started to write through the process. I wrote some articles and published them and they were able to help others. And then I went inward. And when I went inward, my, my inner voice, I said, why is this here? What is this self-doubt? Self and it just, it was my ego. And it said, are you sure you're going to go big? Are you sure you don't want to play small? Playing small is safe. Playing small is, you know, what we're used to. You know, going back to those habits, overeating. You can do that. You know how to function that way. But what you're entering into, this new loving experience, is so different. Are you sure? So it was just me, and I know all the tools. So I, I said, ah, oh, yes, I'm sure. And I brought in self-compassion to play. And I said, self-compassion, be kind to yourself here. And, and don't beat yourself up for eating an extra piece of pizza last night. You know, I was so you're always going to fall into those old habits, but the real goal and the magic of the self, and I use the word magic in it too, the magic of the self-love experiment is to pull out much quicker and to say, ah, wait, what's this? Oh, ego, fear, hello, I see you again, but guess what? It's okay, it's gonna be okay because guess we are entering into a beautiful time of our life. So that's an interesting example I could share. <laughs> I love it. And if women could just embrace the fact that there's two voices up there, yes, there's that there's ego, which doesn't wanna take risk, doesn't yeah. want you to grow, doesn't want anything to change. Let's stay safe right. over here. Yes. Or love. Mm -hmm. and, and love and is expansive. And growth mm -hmm. and step up mm -hmm. and be who you're meant to be. And so yeah. when this little naggy little voice over here, you just have to calm it down and just say, I got this. It's okay. And, and then it's like, you. are you sure? Okay. You know, and it kind of, yeah. Fabulous. Wonderful. So. Yeah. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you, your website, address, all of that. Yes, well, I actually, uh, playwiththeworld.com is my website. You can go to playwiththeworld.com or you can go to Facebook, which is Shannon Kaiser Writes. And I'm always posting positive content and self-loving mantras to help you connect to your best self. 
Wonderful. Oh, beautiful. This is this this was just wonderful, and I, I think I have another sticky here. When we yes, when we fail to acknowledge what we truly want, we manifest barriers that keep us from receiving what we truly need. Mm. <laughs> I wrote that. That sounds great. Yeah, I know. Not just brilliant. <laughs> It's like and when you read it back, it makes so much sense. And I remember that point in my self-love journey when I recognized that, when I realized, wow, I have not been honest with myself about what I really, really want. And that is why I overate. That's why I overshop or overworked. And that's why we over to avoid feeling the feelings. And when we get honest, there's nothing left but pure exposure of truth. And when you're truthful with yourself, the universe brings in opportunities. But when you're lying to yourself because you're afraid to admit the truth, so the truth that I really discovered in the process was that I want to be in a relationship. I had, you know, decided that I was fine single, and it's it's a little different now. Um, but as I was writing the book, that's how I felt. And so to admit that I'm lovable is what I was really going for—that I can be loved as I am. And when we get honest about what we really want, all of a sudden. The barriers that were once there remove themselves automatically. Did you see that in your own life? Yes. Yeah. Once I stepped forward and really declared what I wanted for me. Yes. Miracles I, happen. Yes. Yeah. I started to manifest exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So it is important. And I believe one of the most loving things we can do to, to really allow ourselves to be in the space of um, self-compassion and acceptance is to admit what you want instead of feeling like it's selfish to want what I want or, oh, my significant other won't allow that or my children, you know, they're first and we make up all these reasons, especially as women, why maybe it's not right to go after what you want. But I fully believe it is our soul's responsibility and it's not a luxury to have wants or dreams. It's a, it's a mandatory requirement for being fulfilled. Oh, beautiful. <clears throat> Shannon, it's always just such a joy to spend this time with you. Honestly, I'm, I'm just honored that I know you, that I got to read your book. Thank just you. beautiful it's, work. Another thanks. beautiful piece of work that's going to touch so many souls. Thank so you. So many women that need that message. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and reading. And I'm so glad to be here. And thanks for all of your beautiful work, too. It's oh, amazing to come together as women and, and help other women. That's what it's about, girl, collaboration. When women collaborate, there's nothing more powerful on the planet. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> well, folks, if you've enjoyed this episode, please go over to iTunes. Give us a good review, five stars. That helps us to grow. And we'll be back with another show in two weeks. Thank you so much. I love you, Shannon. Love you. Going Thank on any exciting trips? Um, I well actually my next trip is a in Canada and it's a self-love retreat and it's going to be beautiful so I'm spending quite a bit of time in Canada on my tour and there's still a couple spaces open so you know listeners if you're excited go to play with the world but that I am excited for that trip wow wonderful <laughs> I wish you the best thank you thank you bye honey thanks for listening to awakening divine wildness if you like what you heard the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and please leave a favorable review at iTunes. Be sure to visit maldwayne.com for Mal's six-part video series, Heal Your Wounded Heart 
and reclaim your worth.